minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday Erev Shabbos. Chag Urim Sameach. It's Erev Shabbos Hanukkah. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Yeah, that was my fault, the uh, <laughs> interruption of the Jonathan Rimberg selection. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just I uh, hit the wrong button. Even after 40 years, you can hit the wrong button. Uh, so I interrupted that Jonathan Rimberg beautiful Moe's tour, went straight to the Alanisim selection from the Amudi Sheesh Boys Choir. My apologies. Before that, you heard Nair Lee from the uh, Israeli side of uh, the Hanukkah selections. Haneros Halalu from Gershon Veroba, Slova Zemmer with Chanukah and Lichtalach, and Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Friday. It's Erev Shabbos. Could you imagine? It's Erev Shabbos Chanukah. Friday morning on this 8th of December, day 25 in the month of uh, Kislev. Um, let's see here. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayeshev. Rare that when there's one Shabbos Hanukkah, it would be Vayeshev, but that's the case this year. Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayeshev. Candle lighting in New York, 408, which means I guess we'll light candles for Hanukkah about 350 in that area and then uh, light Shabbos candles uh, at 408. Yeah, we could even do 4 o'clock and then 408. I have to think this through. I just can't. I can't make uh, on the spot, right off the cuff, uh, Hanukkah decisions, uh, Erev Shabbos Hanukkah decisions. I can't do it. I need to, you know. I need time to process this. I need time to uh, figure it all out. Anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, so it's Erev Shabbos Hanukkah, four oh eight candle lighting in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Um, we'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Teves will be Wednesday. Rosh Chodesh Teves will be on Wednesday, a one-day Rosh Chodesh, Tuesday night, and Wednesday, a one-day Rosh Chodesh coming up. What is Wednesday? Is that day six of Hanukkah? Yeah, that's day six of Hanukkah. And then two weeks from today is... Um, is a Sarba Teves. Wow. Interesting. Anyway, um, so it's the first day of Hanukkah, Erev Shabbos Hanukkah, and I hope your Hanukkah is going well so far. hope you're enjoying the delicious latkes and sufganiyot, livivot and sufganiyot. I hope you are uh, enjoying your game of dreidel. I hope you uh, sat and watched 
and took in the beauty of the uh, Hanukkah candles last night. And uh, here we are on this Erev Shabbos Hanukkah. JM and the AM on a Friday morning broadcast. And um, the big news as far as I, I've, I've mentioned that, you know, we have five Fridays in December. And each Friday we're going to have a goal in our fundraiser since we are approaching the end of year. And it's Hanukkah. It's a time to be generous and to really think of others. And in this case, support a radio broadcast that is always focused on others. We spend a lot of time on amazing causes, on incredible um, community information, things that are essential for uh, people in our greater community. Now I could say around the world, since we are attracted to folks everywhere, including many people outside the United States. So every Friday, I hope to announce something of significance regarding our year-end 40th anniversary campaign. We're doing this for 40 years. I started in September of 1983. So first of all, I remind you that any donation of 360, a real 360, meaning you, the donor, is giving 360, uh, it it, uh, entitles you to the uh, autographed copy of my upcoming book, which is expected out in March. Um... So that's number one. Number two, we are just under $42,000 in our campaign with a major, major announcement. Uh, And this is full disclosure. The names are on the website. You can actually go to fjbunity.org, click on donate, and you will see all the names right there. Because of our generous supporters and some of the people who have been the backbone of our support for all these years... There is a match that has been designated of $100,000 beginning on the first day of Hanukkah, which is, it's very simple, everybody. Very, very simple. Every time for the next $100,000, beginning now at 41758 for the next $100,000 that we collect, we have matchers that will match that $100,000. That's the whole thing. And I am so appreciative to all the people on that list, some of whom are anonymous. Others are names that are very familiar to many of you. They have become our matchers. Their donations are not, except for one exception, which is obvious uh, because of a technical issue. Uh, None of their donations are in our campaign yet. Again, with one exception for just a technical reason. Um, so every single time you give a dollar now during Hanukkah, every single time you give a dollar, it's $2. Every time you give 180, it's 360. Every time you give 360 to get the book, it's really 720. Every time you give 1800, it's really 3,600. So please join everybody who's been generous and everybody who's been helping us and everybody who's uh, being counted among the donors to this campaign. The next $100,000 is being matched. That is a very, very big deal when you're trying to get to 400000 by the end of the calendar year. A very, very big deal. Je- and I thank you. FJBUnity.org, FJBUnity.org. 
org. JM in the AM, thanks for joining us. It's Hanukkah 5784. Malcolm Holmline's not going to be able to join us this morning. He is traveling. There is a lot of news out there. Many of you, I'm sure, have already heard the news and have focused on this uh, latest tragedy. These are all tragedies, obviously. Every time a soldier is uh, killed in battle, it's a tragedy. Um, but the son, the son of Gadi Eisenkot, the former IDF chief of staff, has been killed in the, um, in the war in Gaza. And he's been laid to rest... And, um, again, not, not to minimize, God forbid, any of the losses. They're all horrible and terrible. This is a very high-profile loss in Israel. God, the Eisenkot's uh, child. What will it do to the attitude of those in the war cabinet? I don't know. But um, it certainly is, is a, with all the jolts that we've taken... Uh, especially in Israel, with all our brothers and sisters Israel have gotten over the last uh, couple of months. This is this is one of those big ones, to say the least. The son of an Israeli minister has been killed in battle. It's going to be interesting to see what further reaction Israel has, both uh, in Gaza and up north. JM and the AM, Erev Shabbos Hanukkah, 5784. Let's pray for a miracle. We know what we want. We know what we're praying for. We are begging God to listen to our prayers. Every one of the hostages, every one of them to be reunited with their families. Those who are no longer with us to be given appropriate burial overseen by their families so that they can move on. It is um, something we are praying for and we're hoping that now that we are in the holiday of miracles, the incredible holiday of Hanukkah, that in fact those prayers will come to fruition. Please God, please God. More coming up. It's Friday, Erev Shabbos Hanukkah. It's JM in the AM.
Nisim l'chol ha-boy t'chim boy Nisim l'chol ha-boy t'chim 
certainly an interesting experience to say the least that was certainly very interesting to say the least <laughs> um, I think it's happened one time before you know it's funny we we and I gotta thank ZK because it, it looks like ZK has Bliain Hara Bliain Hara solved the problem of us um, uh, suddenly leaving the stream which of course has been very frustrating in certain situations especially during interviews so I thank ZK for that, and that should continue. His, his latest innovation has held up in both of our studios very well, and I hope that that continues. But this, what just happened now, I think happened once before. I don't know if uh, Avrami remembers or not, but I think it happened once before where literally the machine that I am using, my main broadcast machine, completely just froze, just froze. It's, you know, we were playing the music, and it just it, did, it was doing nothing. I literally had to uh, had to uh, reboot the entire thing in order to get it going. Anyway, Baruch Hashem, we're live. Baruch Hashem, we're here we're in our New Jersey studio playing some great music and enjoying a first day of Hanukkah together here at JM in the AM. Wrapping up the hour with Mordechai Ben David's Chasof. You heard Schlock Rock and Hanukkah Nights, all right for lighting. Rafal Maluha, the Hanukkah medley. Yeshiva Boys with Alanisim, Ellie Gerstner and company with Daddy Come Home. And this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. 
Galait Sal in the background, our news from Israel coming up. That was something, man. That was something. Our uh, next 100th, I remember every Friday we have a big announcement. We have a big announcement every Friday. Um, every donation, every donation that we receive on Hanukkah up to $100,000 is being matched. So right now, an anonymous donor gave $36. It's on the website as $72. None of our matchers, with one exception that I explained earlier, none of our matchers who are being recognized on our website, none of the money that they have committed to this campaign is in this campaign yet. It is being added as they're matching it. So Gloria Rappaport gave $360. And now it's $720. Thank you, Gloria. And I'll read her message coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. It is a Friday. Erev Shabbos Hanukkah will bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Teves will be Wednesday. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next. Shalom Rav, Baulpan Yehonatan Grill, Im Mashakorachshav. אלפי בני אדם ליוו למנוחות בבית העלמין הצבאי בהרצליה את רב סמל ראשון במילואים גל מאיר אייזנקוט, בן 25 תושב העיר שנפל אמש בקרב בצפון הרצועה, בנו של הרמטכה לשעבר וחבר קבינט המלחמה, השר גדי אייזנקוט. בהלוויה השתתפו ראש הממשלה נתניהו, נשיא המדינה הרצוג, שרים, אלופי צהל ובכירים נוספים. השר אייזנקוט, אבא של גל, ספד לו. התפעלתי מהרצינות התאומית שלך. מצוינות הייתה אצלך דרך חיים. גל, אני בטוח שנמשיך במערכה ובמאמץ לחזק את המדינה שכואבת. גל הוא שאהוב ליבנו, אני מבטיח לך שנמשיך להיות משפחה מנוקדת ומאושרת. אני מתחייב בפניך שנעשה הכל כדי להיות ראויים בתרומה להחלטות הנכונות. למען מי שהקריב, למען חבריך לנשק, אני מצדיע לך בן אהוב. חבריו של גל יצאו מעזה כדי להגיע ללוויה שלו ושל חברו לצוות אייל מאיר ברקוביץ' שזיכרונו לברכה, בן 28 מירושלים, שנטמן בבית העלמין הצבאי בהר הרצל. משה, שטיפל בגל בזירת האירוע בג'בליה, אמר לכתבנו הצבאי דורון קדוש, לא נחזור עד שננצח. חשוב לנו להגיד שהרוח שלנו לא נופלת, אין לנו זכות להגיע ללוויות של אייל ושל גל, ועוד הרי אנחנו חוזרים ללחימה. שם ירים את הראש, ואנחנו לא נחזור עד שננצח. משפחתו של איתן לוי, תושב בת ים בן 53 שנחטף לעזה, עודכנה כי נרצח וגופתו מוחזקת בידי חמאס. כתבתנו יובל מילר מוסרת שאיתן, נהג מונית, הסיע ב-7 באוקטובר לקוחה לקיבוץ בארי, משם נחטף. גופתו של יובל קסטלמן, זיכרונו לברכה, שנורה למוות לאחר שנטרלת המחבלים שביצעו את הפיגוע בירושלים בשבוע שעבר, תוצא מהקבר לנתיחה בעקבות מידע חדש ורלוונטי. רן קסטלמן, דודו של יובל, סיפר לעידן קוולר בגלי צה"ל, אמרו לנו שנעשתה טעות. הסבירו לנו שנעשתה איזושהי טעות, ועכשיו אם באמת רוצים להגיע לחקר האמת, זו הדרך. זה היה ממש מטלטל, בפרט ההורים שהם אנשים דתיים. מה שהכריע אצלנו בסוף זה עוד פעם יובל, שהוא כאילו האמת והצדק. זה, זה מה שחשוב לו, אז זה מה שהכריע. אביעד פריג'ה, חייל המילואים שירה למוות בקסטלמן וחשוד בהמתה בקלות דעת, שוחרר השבוע למעצר בית ושחזר אמש את מעשיו בזירה. 
נשיא רוסיה פוטין הודיע כי יתמודד בבחירות לנשיאות רוסיה שתיערכנה בעוד כשלושה חודשים במרס 2024. כתב חדשות החוץ ברק בטש מציין כי פוטין יוכל להיבחר לכהונה חמישית כנשיא רוסיה. מזג האוויר במהלך הלילה יחלו לרדת גשמים מקומיים בצפון הארץ ולאורך מישור החוף מלווים בסופות רעמים. מחר תחול ירידה ניכרת בטמפרטורות והן תהיינה מעט נמוכות מהרגיל העונה. ואלה זמני כניסת השבת, פרשת וישב, הדלקת נר שני של חנוכה לפני הדלקת נרות השבת ושבת מברכים לחודש טבת. בירושלים בחמישה לארבע, בתל אביב בארבע ושש עשרה, בחיפה בארבע וארבע דקות ובבאר שבע תיכנס השבת בארבע ושמונה עשרה. ואלה זמני צאת השבת מחר, בירושלים בחמש ורבע, בתל אביב בחמש ושש עשרה, בחיפה בחמש ושלוש עשרה, ובבאר שבע תצא השבת מחר בחמש ושמונה עשרה. לכל מאזינינו שבת שלום, אלה החדשות, בצוות איתן מוזס והלל גוטמן. Thank you. 
J.M. in the A.M. Chasof, it's Yaakov Shweki here at J.M. in the A.M. We pray for our soldiers in Israel. This is quite a loss, as you heard in the newscast at the top of the hour. Quite a loss, the... Um uh, the uh, the the fact that the Galmeyer Eisenkot, the uh, son of cabinet minister and former IDF chief of staff Gadi Eisenkot, is among the victims. Funeral taking place earlier today. Uh, we pray for the safety of our soldiers, even even in a successful mission. And thank God, every report we're getting is how successful the IDF has been in every successful mission. We knew that there would be casualties and. We pray for our soldiers. We pray for our hostages to get home ASAP, especially now during this beautiful miracle holiday of Hanukkah. Reminder, light Hanukkah candles first tonight, then Shabbos candles. Shabbos candles at 4.08. That's the candle lighting time for Shabbos. 4.08, candles for Hanukkah before that. Uh, it's, it's Erev Shabbos Hanukkah. Parshas Vayeshev will bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Teves will be on Wednesday. And again, candle lighting at 4.08, Hanukkah candles before that. Keep that in mind. I want to thank those who have responded. We have uh, we have big news when it comes to our year-end fundraiser, which everyone listening right now knows how important it is. The big news is that the next $100,000 during the holiday of Hanukkah, today's day one, first day to make a big difference. The next $100,000 is being matched the names of the matchers is on the site. Go to fjbunity.org. Not a dollar, again, with one exception, which was a technical issue, not a dollar of the money pledged by our matchers has been added to this campaign, with one exception. And again, that was a technical thing that we're dealing with. Um, so every time you give, literally every time you give, that money is coming into us uh, as a match. Every time you give. So Anonymous gave 36 earlier. That goes in as a $72 donation. We mentioned Gloria Rappaport, who gave $360, 20 times high, and will be receiving, please God, the autographed copy of my book. Gloria's donation is now $720 because of the match. Your show is my Arab Shabbos inspiration, beautiful music, words of Torah with a Ryudin, important news updates, Malcolm Homeline, wishing you in the entire 
FDY Unity, that's FJB Unity, uh, staff and your family. Happy Hanukkah and Shabbat Shalom. Thank you, Gloria. Thank you so much. Thank you to all of our ambassadors who are working hard on this campaign. Much appreciated. Keep it coming, everybody. Every time you give a dollar now over the next few days, every time you give a dollar, it is being matched. Every time you give a dollar, it is being matched. Every time you give 1800 it goes in as 3600 No joke. So please, give what you can. Give what you can. Um, just checking here what else I wanted to mention to everybody. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Malcolm Holmline is traveling today, won't be able to join us. Rabbi Stephen Przanski is going to be on from Israel coming up before 8 o'clock here at JM in the AM. Rabbi Przanski always has an interesting perspective on things, and he has recently addressed the issue of what type of Hanukkah we should be having. I say it that way because because it's tough times. (laughs) It's tough times. This funeral today in Israel... The funerals are, are too fast and too furious, the pace that they're uh, being held at, the IDF soldier funerals, victims of terror funerals. And on top of that, we are praying for our hostages, 137, to get home ASAP during this Hanukkah holiday of miracles. So it's a it's a different type of Hanukkah. I'll address that coming up right here at JM in the AM. More coming up, including Harry Rothenberg. Oh, I'm sorry. We're, it's time for Harry Rothenberg now. Harry Rothenberg has words about Shabbos Hanukkah, uh, Shabbos Parshas Vayeshev, which he's going to share with us. Harry's words each and every week are presented uh, in honor of a refuah shlema for Ruchama Chana Etol Bas Chava. Ruchama Chana Etol Bas Chava. Again, Ruchama Chana Etol Bas Chava. Keep her in mind. Again, during this time of Hanukkah, we want to see amazing things happen, and her continued speedy recovery can be included in the amazing things. By the way, and I hope I can just find this quickly, last, I don't know if it was last Friday. Oh, here it is. I'm so glad I found it quickly. We, ha- we have an anonymous donation of three times high in honor of a refuah shlema for Ruchama Chana Etol Baschava. Thank you for always having her in mind. Believe you me, we always have her in mind. She's an old friend and a wonderful friend. Um, and we dedicate Harry's words to her refuah shlema. Harry Rothenberg, Erev Shabbos Hanukkah, here at JM in the AM. Yosef is taken captive by his brothers. They take off his beautiful coat, throw him into a pit. They're going to kill him. Then they commute the sentence and they sell him as a slave. We're told that the Ishmaelite caravan that bought him was transporting a few different types of spices. Why do we need that extraneous detail? Rashi in his commentary explains it's actually important, and that's why the Torah shares it with us. Because in that day, at that time, the traders that would pass by were always carrying foul-smelling items like tar. But because in this instance, Yosef Atzadik, Yosef, the righteous fellow, was being transported, God arranged it that this one caravan was carrying sweet-smelling spices. Let me ask you a question. Imagine if on October 7th, when the captives were being taken into Gaza, on motorcycles and jalopies. One of them was taken in a Mercedes or BMW. Do you think that person would have said, you know, this is pretty awful, I'm being taken hostage by Hamas, but nice wheels, sweet ride. I don't think so. So you think Yosef 
after being betrayed by his brothers and sold as a slave, was sitting back saying, you know, I can kind of get used to this. These spices smell pretty good. We don't think so because we would not have noticed that because we're just a regular Tom, Dick, or in my case, Harry. But Yosef would have noticed it because he had trained himself, no matter what, to always somehow, some way, find God's hand, find a silver lining, find some element or aspect or hint of God's kindness. It's easy to do when things are going well. You got a raise, you got a promotion, you met the girl or guy of your dreams, you found the house or apartment you were looking for. Thank you, God. But awfully difficult while being taken captive hostage, sold as a slave, but that's what he did. And that's what he's showing us, that it's possible. Because since God arranges everything, good and bad, even when things look bad, they're still good. And there's still a way, if you look hard enough, to find his hand. And what a great Hanukkah lesson. When we light those Hanukkah menorahs, instead of just thinking about the miracle, significant as it was, that God did for the Jewish people thousands of years ago, let's also think about all the miracles he's done since then. How many times have the nations in which we've lived expelled us or tried to destroy us? And think about what's going on now. Think about the stories, the miracles we're hearing about the freed hostages. And hopefully we'll hear more stories and all of them will get out. And the stories and miracles we're hearing about the soldiers. Things may look bad, but they're not. God's running the show. Right now we've got to look harder to see that, to find his hand. But if we do, we'll see it everywhere. He's always got our backs. Have a wonderful Hanukkah. J.M. and the A.M., my thanks to Harry Rothenberg. His words are brought to us in honor of very Rufua Shlema for Ruchama Chana Etel Baschava, Ruchama Chana Etel Baschava. Yisrael Meth is with us live via telephone. He is a graduate of the Torah Academy of Bergen County, an alum of TABC. He is a resident of New Jersey, and right now he is a freshman at Turo University. He and Rafi Suss are responsible for a brand new selection that we've been playing here at JM and the AM. Meth, by the way, Yisrael Meth is 18 years old. He was recently signed to Wildwood Productions, an independent record label headquartered in New York. And uh, the reason he's on today for a couple of minutes is because they have a brand new selection that we've been playing here uh, in the amongst the so many great brand new Hanukkah selections. And we get to discuss it for a couple of minutes here at JM and the AM. Yisrael Meth, welcome to JM and the AM. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Happy Hanukkah to you. Happy Hanukkah to you as well. So tell me about this Meth-Sus partnership. Uh, what's going on with you guys musically? And uh, why did you uh, decide to create something brand new for this year's Hanukkah celebration? So me and Rafi have been um, making songs together for a few years since... TBC opened up a studio back when I was when we were juniors called Studio Sixteen Hundred, which is a great opportunity for kids to be able to like take music and actually take it to a professional studio and really refine their work. So we've been working together and we've been wanting to make the Hanukkah song for a while. And after the October seventh attacks, when Rafi returned to New York for a few weeks, to New Jersey for a few weeks, I should say, um, we thought it would be finally a good time to kind of just work like settle down and work on it for a couple of days. We only had a few days, unfortunately, but we were able to get it out real quick. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm glad you mentioned what's going on at TABC. We've featured it, as you know, on the air in the past. It is a great opportunity, and those who are considering high school should keep that in mind, by the way, that the uh, that the studios there, it's really multiple studios. They have audio, visual, and a whole bunch of stuff is a golden opportunity mm-hmm. for kids to get into that whole industry. Um, how difficult is it to write a song? You want to write a new Hanukkah song. This one, I've been told that this one is called Hanukkah. I've also been told it's called Alanisim. So you'll tell us what the official title is and what was the what was the writing process as you're trying to compose this thing. Yeah, the official title is actually Hanukkah, but I've heard many people refer to it as Alanisim because <laughs> that's kind of the main refrain in the song, which is understandable. Um... Yeah, the writing process was just, I mean, sitting down with a guitar and Rafi, just, and basically it's its very easy when you can just set something to words as opposed to having to write lyrics on the spot with, if you were writing original lyrics for Hebrew lyrics. But we just wanted to set it to Alanisim because why not? And then we would, we would throw in a little bit of things later, like if you've not noticed the little mouse sort of at the end, right. the overdub part. Um, but yeah, it was, it was primarily going to be set to Alanisim, and then we just kind of, my our process is literally just to sing the words and see how they come out with the guitar and set chords to it and then build up build up the uh, the arrangement from there. Yeah, and we've been playing it, but obviously now that you mentioned this, uh, listeners, in a minute when we get it back on the air, we'll know exactly what you mean and what you're referring to. Yisrael Meth is with us. Both you and Rafi have nice um, presences on Spotify, other digital music platforms. I mentioned that because anybody who goes, searches for you guys and buys this song, the proceeds are going to Zaka. You're doing this not just to celebrate Hanukkah and to give us a little inspiration after October 7th, but there's an actual an actual Tzedakah component to this, right? Yeah, uh, every single, uh, I mean, all the proceeds that we can get from it will be going to Zaka, which helps uh, Israelis on the ground right now in these difficult times, and they really do a lot of the work that no one else is doing in terms of transporting people and, and unfortunately dealing with victims of these attacks. Hundred percent, they do great work, and uh, yeah, shakoch for that. And and finally, you you were signed to Wildwood. I mean, uh, you're 18 years old. Uh, you're you know an Orthodox Jewish background. We're always fascinated by people uh, like us who are able to you know break into industries uh, like the one that you are uh, breaking into. Uh, what's that all about? Is this uh, a, a deal that requires you to uh, do a certain amount of recordings or music? Is this more of a uh, of a freelance uh, arrangement? What's going on with that? Yeah, so it's pretty open in the sense that it just allows me to kind of have a lot of creative freedom, but they will then back my creations. I suppose having to push them out independently, it makes a big difference. Just having a, a kind of a label in your corner backing it in terms of pitching it to Spotify playlists and, and algorithmic playlists and things like that, and the curators on Spotify. Not only Spotify, but Spotify primarily. And it just helps in, in, in I mean, creating artwork. Basically, all the things that are around a song, besides from the song itself. Yeah, the distribution, especially as you just described, is so key. Yeah. Uh, all right, where are you going to do your next recording? You have to fly to Rafi in Israel, or Rafi's going to come in and uh, and do it in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to go to Israel soon. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's, what, the great thing is that we have a, a software called Logic, where we're basically able to send each other files back and forth in live time. So it's as if we're like. It's just basically, if you've ever edited a Google Doc, anyone that's listening, right. someone else at the same time, it's kind of like that. But I music. know. It's so crazy. It's I know. It's, it, I showed my age by even suggesting that you have to fly anywhere. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, you know that we have a connection uh, even before you guys to the Meth and the Sus family, so make sure to send regards to everybody. We're going to play this song, and I'm going to wish you a happy Hanukkah, Yisrael. 
Thank you so much. Speak Hanukkah. Yisrael Meth, Rafi Sus, brand new. It's for Hanukkah at JM in the AM. Oh, 
candles glow just like the menorah in days of old. Miracles drove the mighty Greeks out of our home. One vial of oil, it lasted for eight days. Hanukkah story, that's when we say, It's time for Hanukkah. Let's say those blessings and have a souvenirnya. I wish they made Starbucks latkes to eat beside the flame. We tell of a great lady for eight nights and days. Twinkling, saying Alanisim, eating lots of latkes with sour cream. Yeah, oh. Cause we're dying to eat, 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 eat. Escaping off a 
JM in the AM with 613. That's an adaptation of a pretty well-known song in the world of pop culture, if you will. Uh, 613 with Hanukkah. Moe's sword by the New York Boys Choir. That's brand new. JM in the AM, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good to have you aboard and on board, as they say. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Rabbi Cash wants to know how many clops we should be making before davening going forward this Shabbos. That's a good one. That's a good Well, it's really only Alanisim, right? The only thing you're adding over Shabbos would be Alanisim. It's Wednesday where you have both Alanisim and Yalaviovo. <coughs> That'll be... That'll be an additional clop requirement. I really have to check with Harry Heber on this. Don't want to speak out of turn. Yeah, nobody's clopping for Vasein Talamutter anymore. That started Tuesday night. Uh, JMNAM, good morning. Malcolm Honline not able to join us this morning. He is traveling. Rabbi Stephen Przanski is going to be uh, with us live from Israel on an Erev Shabbos Hanukkah coming up here this hour at JMNAM. Big news, and I'm not kidding. This is big news for us. I don't think we've ever done this before. I don't think we've ever had it before. Uh, we have a matching grant from a very generous list of donors, which you'll find at fjbunity.org. You'll find the list right there. And a big thank you to our supporters. They're matching up to $100,000 of donations beginning the first day of Hanukkah, which means during this holiday right now, during this holiday, whatever you give to keep us going here at uh, FJB, JM and the AM, the Nahum Siegel Network, whatever you give for our year-end campaign is doubled. 360 is 720. 1800 is 3600. 180 is 360. 36 is 72. And if you give 360 or more yourself, meaning 720 with the match, you get an autographed copy of the book. Don't forget that, which is coming up in March. Uh, please help us get to our goal for today. I, I set a goal for 50000 today, and I figured with the matching we'll be able to reach it. I need your help to do that. FJBUnity.org. Again, that's FJBUnity.org. FJBUnity.org. We're just over 42500 which means with the matching... See, this is where the matching is so great. With the matching, we only need like 3600 bucks. If we get 3600 bucks in the next you know, hour and a half, we'll be at our goal by 9 a.m., which is pretty cool. So th the matchers have relieved a lot of the pressure. Now the rest of the pressure is on you, the listeners and those out there who I'm asking to, to check in with friends and relatives if they've given already to the campaign. Now's the time for you to shine, as you always do. So please give and give generously. It's fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. JM and AM on a Friday hour of Shabbos. Candle lighting at 4.08. Hanukkah candle lighting before that. Keep that in mind. Tonight, the second night of Hanukkah, during this holiday of miracles, we are hoping, begging, praying that our hostages come home ASAP. I was in touch with our dear friend, Rav Daron Peretz, still awaiting word on their son, since October the 7th, I was in touch with him today. He's so thankful for people around the world who are keeping his family in mind. But it is getting to, it's getting to be very difficult. I mean, it's always been difficult from the beginning, but you know what I mean. As time goes on, it's a, uh, you can imagine the tsar, the pain, the agony that they're all going through. So please, please, please keep our hostages in mind. Keep our soldiers in mind. The fact that the uh, son of Gadi Eisenkot, the IDF former chief of staff of the IDF, that he was killed in Gaza is, as I said earlier, is a real jolt in Israel. Um, every every funeral of an IDF soldier is is jolting 
But this is, uh, I think, something unique, and we'll see what how the government responds if they change their response in any way. I know that the United Nations is voting on a uh, on a um, ceasefire amendment today, right? Aren't they voting on a resolution? Are they voting on a ceasefire resolution today? I believe so, if I'm not mistaken. So, <laughs> so, so we know how their opinion is going to go today. Uh, the question is, will the Israeli uh, leaders change or alter their opinion somewhat now that some of their high-profile people are suffering terrible, terrible losses? Just unbelievable. The cost of war, even when you're winning and, and doing you know good things, so to speak, during the war, the casualties are so difficult to deal with. Jam in the AM, good morning. A reminder, we have a, we have some amazing sponsors of this great radio broadcast, as you know. One of them is our friends at uh, ArtScroll. And our friends at ArtScroll have this unique thing that they do every single year. They actually have a deal for each day of Hanukkah. So right now, the entire Laws of Shabbos set, Rav Simcha Bonham Cohen, which usually goes for about 200 bucks, is available at $119.99. dollars The list price on the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch, the entire set is usually one fifty nine ninety nine. It's now ninety five ninety nine. That's what's happening for the first day of Hanukkah. Tomorrow, the second day, tomorrow night, uh, you can get the um, the entire Chumash, the teachings of the Talmud Chumash, which is usually one hundred and sixty five bucks for ninety eight ninety nine. Go to artscroll.com, order away for your Hanukkah specials, and make sure to use promo code radio. Always use promo code radio. When ordering from artsgirl.com, we're coming up at JM in the AM.
Jam and the Am, it's brand new from Ari Fraser, a song entitled Al Hanisim. We started saying those words last night. We are hoping that this, in fact, will be a, um, a holiday not only of uh, the miracles of the past, but the miracles of now as well. By Amimahem Basman Hazaz, we await the uh, arrival back in Israel of our hostages safe and sound to be reunited with their families, please God. As we pray for each and every soldier that is on the front lines, and they're all on the front lines, in the defense of the state of Israel and the Jewish people worldwide. Difficult times, and uh, we need the help always of the one above. Uh, no doubt about that. JM and AM on a Friday morning era of Shabbos. 4.08 is candlelighting time. Malcolm Honline is traveling this week, not able to join us. Uh, we are expecting that he will join us uh, one week from today for the continuation of our weekly update here at JM in the AM. Keep in mind our friends at JewishWorldReview.com, JewishWorldReview.com, thousands of articles regarding Israel and the Jewish world. You can print them out before Shabbos, and it'll keep you really busy until the short Shabbos ends at some point tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> Go to JewishWorldReview.com and enjoy. Our fundraiser is in full swing. Our year-end fundraiser major announcement this morning. We now have a matching grant put together by an amazing group of matchers of $100,000 for Hanukkah. Not a dollar, except for one exception, which I explained earlier. Not a dollar of those donations have been added to our total. They are literally matchers waiting for you to give. Give 360, become 720. Give 1800, it becomes 3600. Uh, today's our second out of five Fridays for our campaign. We want to reach our goal for today, which is a pretty lofty one, $50,000, but it's doable and we need your help. If you love JM and the AM and everything we do on a daily basis and you love the Nahum Siegel Network 24 hours a day, please give and give as generously as you can. And remember, everything you give right now is being doubled. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity. Dot org. Rabbi Stephen Przansky, who is based in Israel, is Rabbi Emeritus of Congregation B'nai Yishurin here in Teaneck, New Jersey. He's Israel Region Vice President of the Coalition for Jewish Values and Senior Research Associate at the Jerusalem Center for Applied Policy. He is also somebody who this week addressed the topic that I think is on a lot of our minds. Uh, what type of Hanukkah celebrations should we or should we not be having in 5784. Rabbi Przansky, Chag Urim Sameach, and welcome back to JM in the AM. Nochem, thank you, and Hanukkah Sameach to all your listeners as well. Appreciate that very much. So, you brought up a topic uh, earlier this week that um, I really do think is on the minds of a lot of people around the world. I was impressed, frankly, and I'm sure you'll be glad to hear this. I was impressed that recently I was at a VART, the L'chaim, one of these engagement parties, beautiful celebration, and I walked in, and uh, it was noted to me that there was no live music because the Hassan and Kala decided that for an engagement party, everyone could just gather and wish Mazel Tov during times like this with our brothers and sisters in Israel in mind. We're not going to have live music you know, wild dancing, et cetera, et cetera. I thought it was really appropriate. Uh, now that Hanukkah has begun, and I don't know how it works in Israel, because in Israel, except for Shabbos, it's always a work day, <laughs> or, or, or maybe the opposite. <laughs> but I don't know how it works in Israel. But you know, Rabbi Przansky, that tomorrow night and Sunday in this country, there are going to be a lot 
of Hanukkah gatherings. What should our attitude, what should our atmosphere be this year as we celebrate Hanukkah 5784? It should be joy. Let me preface by saying that uh, I didn't make up the question. I actually write a column biweekly in the Jewish press called Is It Proper? I'm one of the rabbis on the panel who respond. And that was this week's question that I responded to, as did uh, Rabbi Zev Lef of Moshav Matityo, which is uh, neighboring us about six, seven miles away. Hanukkah always has to be celebrated with joy. I mean, the Rambam defines it as Yimei Simcha V'Halel. So not only do we praise Hashem, but, uh, praise Hashem, but we should feel a sense of happiness, a sense of joy. And I think especially this year, notwithstanding all the uh, suffering around us and the sadness, and it is intense, but notwithstanding that, Hanukkah has the capacity to tap in to the deepest wellsprings of spirituality and our connection to Hashem. And especially Hanukkah. I mean, keep in mind that what are we celebrating? When the miracle of the menorah happened in the Beit HaMikdash, the war was still going on. And Jewish soldiers were dying. And yet the miracle took place. And in fact, the sages did not know how to respond to it. That's the Gemara emphasizes that a year later, they realized what had happened, and they decided to ordain Hanukkah as days of uh, festivity, of rejoicing, of thanksgiving, of halal v'hodah. And that's what happened. So it took a year for Chazal to internalize what just happened to us, why did it happen, and what are the lessons that we can draw from Hanukkah. But no doubt... With that in mind, and I'm in no way disagreeing with you, you're right, uh, the Hanukkah celebrations should go on, but without doubt, you have to be impressed with a bride and groom in the example that I gave, that when there's a private celebration, they're going to temper things. When it's not a calendaric Yom Tov for the entire Jewish nation, they're going to temper things and, and use the opportunity to highlight what our brothers and sisters in Israel are going through. Unquestionably so. It speaks well of them because, of course, we have to be mishtatev bitzara. We have to participate, even feel the suffering that others are undergoing. So you're talking about an optional discretionary event where music is not essential. We wouldn't say, for example, they shouldn't get engaged. All right. Right. And I can tell you there are many, many people in Israel who just can't go away. They just they they can't go on vacation. It just doesn't seem right. In, in wartime, right. you can't uh, abandon people who are fighting, and there's something we can all do. But the point I wanted to make was that when Chazal established Hanukkah a year after the miracle in the Beit HaMikdash, right. the war was still going on. Mm-hmm. That war went on for 20 years after the miracle of the uh, Shemen, of the oil. So during the war, they established these days as days of Simcha and Halel. And note, of course the symbolism that we're talking about, it's because they felt this intense connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu because of the miracle of the oil. And think what's happening in our day at this particular time and the connection that people are feeling closer to God, the surge in spirituality, the increase in connectedness that most 
Jews are having in the land of Israel. I mean, I'm sure you've spoken about it and heard about it. Sure. The, the tzitzit campaign, yep. <laughs> soldiers are wearing tzitzit. I mean, it's become not an uncommon sight. I just saw it yesterday. Someone walking around tzitzit and no kippah, all right? <laughs> That's great. Now, I, I understand the difference right. between a minog right. and, uh, and a mitzvah, a mitzvah. <laughs> right. but it's still, in, it's still incongruous to see. But nonetheless, what people are doing in order to feel a closer connection to Hashem, to their Jewishness, yeah. so that's welcome. And I think Hanukkah is a prime catalyst in order to, in, in order to allow us to, uh, to, to increase those points of connection. Now a little bit on the uh, political and military side. All right, Stephen Przanski is with us from Israel. You just, you, you, we just stumbled based on what you just said. I, I, you just stumbled on something that I hadn't been focused on. Um, th- those of us who grew up in a certain era uh, are, are, are generally focused on how short Israel's wars generally are. Uh, even the even the wars of the of the summers and uh, uh, you know in Gaza and the and the and the summer up north etc cetera, etc cetera, th- those wars tend to be I don't know 30 40 days and obviously as a kid I'll never forget that as the Yom Kippur war was in it was at its height we kept referring to you know how many days is it because we're assuming it's going to be a duplicate of the six-day war etc cetera, etc cetera. you just mentioned 20 years in reference to the Maccabim I um I, in one way, we know that the longer this war goes on, the more of an opportunity it is for Israel to eradicate the enemy and to set up, set the entire Jewish world up for safety and security for the next God knows how many years. On the other side, you know, the, the, the suffering and pain for our brothers and sisters is immense. Uh, families who are losing uh, uh, children, soldiers who are falling in battle, um, uh, people whose lives continue to be in a state of upheaval. I don't know when they're going to be returning to their towns from the hotels that they now, you know, are are are, are essentially refugees. Um, and obviously, just this the the whole you know the work schedule and and life schedule, school life, everything is in is in turmoil uh, to different degrees depending on where people are in Israel. Uh, what what is your perspective? as one knows that the longer this goes on, the greater the victory could be. And at the same time, the longer it goes on, the greater pain the Israeli and Jewish people could be suffering. Israel's wars have always been short because bear in mind, the majority of the military consists of reservists. And reservists cannot spend a lot of time away from their jobs. It's not just a question of income, although that comes into it, but the government is now uh, subsidizing uh, their jobs, but it's the fact that the economy halts, grinds to a halt. Mm-hmm. It stops producing. And when that happens, it's a spiraling effect, a snowball effect, and that could have uh, very harmful consequences to the prosperity in which Israel is generally accustomed. So that's why wars are short. I think this war is different because the atrocities that occurred on Shemini Atzeret were of such a nature that first it shocked the, the Israeli system, the Israeli public, from one end of it of the spectrum to the other, and secondly, because you have that substantial population, about 180,000 people from the south, the areas around Gaza and the north bordering Lebanon, that simply will not return to their homes unless there is some guarantee 
as such that there could be that the threat has been removed because Hezbollah keeps threatening to do in the north what Hamas did in the south. Now, of course, urban warfare is always going to take longer. I mean, how long were the Americans in Fallujah, in Mosul, and how long did they fight there? It took uh, over a year with the very, very heavy casualties. The thing is, you're correct. Every morning we wake up, I think it's like uh, 6 a.m. or so, where the the, uh, military spokesman announces the carbonate from the day before. And that's the news that you wake up to, which family is in mourning, which uh, wife has lost her husband, which child has lost his or her father. And it is very painful. But, you know, I've been able to witness and hear a number of the eulogies, the tremendous strength of character that uh, the families have, that they know this is not an optional war. These are existential threats. These are not wars of conquest. These are wars to defend the Jewish people and our homeland that Hashem gave us. So you really see this notion in graphic detail in real time that the land of Israel was given to us. It's acquired through Yisurin, through suffering. And you see the pain, you see the sadness, but you also see the tenacity and the faith. And with that, the strength of character and the will the resolve that the Jewish people have in the land of Israel. And I think that's what people are taking away from it. And as long as they see progress, and we don't have the American administration uh, compelling Israel or cajoling Israel into stopping the fighting, leaving Hamas in existence, I mean, they just shot rockets 10 minutes ago, all right? So they're not defeated. And I think Americans lose sight of the fact that the war is ongoing, and it's not just a ground invasion of Gaza. It's that the rockets are still coming, all right? We we had to sa- sit in our uh, sealed room early this week, and we're, we're relatively far from Gaza. But the areas around Gaza and Beersheba, Beersheba had a barrage yesterday. So however it is, whatever it is, Hamas still, they may have, uh, they claim to have no food, no water, no oil, or anything else, but they're still managing to fire rockets every day. So the war is not over, but the spirit of the Jewish people to continue the battle and see it to its end, that is there, and that will remain. And I think at this point, at least, the government has the willpower to say to the Americans, no. And I think, by the way, that's why the government is relenting more on the provision of humanitarian aid to the so-called civilians of Gaza, because it buys us time to continue the military operation. Yesterday, about 150 Hamas terrorists surrendered, all right? They came out of the tunnels and surrendered, and that's actually a good sign because the images that were disseminated of the Arabs surrendering are displayed throughout Gaza and throughout the Middle East, the Arab Middle East. And they see that Israel's not going to be defeated and not going to walk away with a stalemate. And that itself can propel this war to a more rapid conclusion. Those in Lebanon could be saying to Hezbollah, we, we don't want to be, you know, featured in, in photos like that around the world. You know, don't get don't get involved. That is, that is correct. And Netanyahu keeps threatening, and admirably so, to turn Beirut into Gaza if there is an invasion of uh, Hezbollah. And look, just like 
Hamas in Gaza, well, they were the they ran the government. Hezbollah is a very powerful force in the Lebanese government. Right. So it's not as if they are these uh, independent uh, lone wolf terrorist operations. No, in both places, in Gaza and Lebanon, they are incorporated in the structure of governance. Hezbollah, part of the Lebanese government, sits in parliament, and Hamas, the uh, the, the dictator, the despot, but the tyrant that rules Gaza. JM in the AM on a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. A reminder, everybody, that our uh, campaign continues, our year-end campaign, support JM in the AM. Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, Every, as we announced early this morning, every donation is now being matched during the holiday of Hanukkah through a very, very distinguished panel of uh, matchers, which is on the website. Everything you give now is doubled. Everything you give now is doubled. Please help us at fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Malcolm Honline is traveling this week. He'll join us, please God, next week for the weekly update here at JM and the AM. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSiegel.com and the NahumSiegel Network and, of course, the beloved NSN app. Rabbi Stephen Przanski is with us from Israel. You, you always wonder about, you know, high-profile episodes, especially, you know, during uh, tense times like this. And Rabbi Przanski, um, uh, the, the fact that Gal Mayer Eisenkot is now a uh, victim, is now among the casualties uh, IDF casualties of the war, the son of the former IDF chief of staff, member of the war cabinet, uh, a minister in the government. Um, do you think that changes anything or the attitude toward America or toward the war changes? Or Israel has displayed that this, at this point they're all in anyway, and even with a high-profile episode like this, not much will change. I think it's been duly noted in many circles that while Hamas's leaders and their children are hiding in the Gulf and Qatar in luxury hotels and apartment buildings, the children of Israel's leaders are on the front lines. And in fact, that uh, Gal Eisenkot's, uh, Gabi Eisenkot's son, Gal Eisenkot, Shemekom Damo, the fact that he was killed in action reinforces to the Israeli population that this is not a battle fought by, you know, the average citizens, the lower classes of society that cannot do anything else. This is a battle which is being fought by everybody, everyone. And, you know, people have to keep in mind, Israel is a relatively small country in territory as well as in population. There's no one in Israel today who doesn't have a a first, certainly second degree relationship to someone who was killed on October 7th. Honestly, honestly, it feels like all of us, even those in the diaspora, have have that type of That's uh, correct. Absolutely That's the element of mishpacha, family, that exists in the Jewish people. So it's just that in this particular case, you know the father. I've known other fathers, but everybody knows someone. And as a result, it's considered a national effort. And, you know, this is actually it's such a difference between Israel and America. I lived through the Vietnam War. I don't think I don't want to give away my age. I don't think <laughs> I knew anybody who was in the service. Subsequently, I met people who were Vietnam veterans. Right. But while it was going on, I knew no one. It was a high casualty rate. Fifty five thousand Americans were killed. I knew no family who lost someone. It is we're very insulated in America 
to from America's wars. It's not so in Israel. We're all, we're all part of it. And now because we know so many people, but we're part of it because you're mindful of the explosions happening overhead when the Iron Dome, sometimes the Iron Dome will go off here without a siren because it's uh, about 10, 15 miles from, we're not subject to it, but you do hear the explosions and you hear the aircraft f- flying overhead on the way to Gaza. So it's very close and it's very real. And therefore the spirit of the uh, Jewish people in Israel is a very powerful one and a very uh, evocative one. We can't escape it. We don't want to escape it. We want to be able to seize our destiny and vanquish our enemies. All right, three quick things from this side of the world. First, I'll, I'll do the easy ones first. Um, <laughs> you, you, I'm sure you've heard, you follow the news, that the United Nations today will have a resolution about a ceasefire. I, I know the tendency, especially among certain Jewish leaders, is, is to just throw their hands up and sort of, you know, denounce the UN for even existing. And I get that attitude. Uh, but what's your reaction when, when you hear that this gathering um, is going to take place, and, and no doubt Israel is uh, going to be the target of many of its political enemies today at the UN. I think this is another example of the UN's bias because uh, the Secretary General has raised this issue before the Security Council pursuant to a very rarely invoked clause in the uh, UN uh, regulations that he himself brings something because he considers it a threat to global peace. Interesting, on October 8th, he didn't bring any such uh, uh, motion before the uh, UN Security Council. Yeah, it's simply an attempt to keep Israel's enemies alive, to prevent us from doing what is necessary. So there are countries of goodwill that are part of the United Nations, (laughs) not many, but there are some. (laughs) I'm assuming now that at this particular point, the United States will veto that resolution, so it will not go into uh, it will not go into effect or call for it. But if the UN calls for it, Israel has every right, and I anticipate will ignore it because we are at war and we cannot let our enemies consider this. One of the spokesmen from Hamas, is actually hiding in Gaza, has said a number of times in the last two weeks that there will be many, many more October seventh to come. And as soon as they have the capacity to uh, rebuild, they will continue to attack Jews. Their goal is simple, the destruction of Israel and the eradication of every Jew on whom they can get their hands. So what exactly is the ceasefire that from any moral perspective should bind us to tolerate that state of affairs? So yeah, it's completely uh, immoral, it's wrong, and I hope nothing will come of it. Um. Someone asked me, uh, there, there are many people disappointed in the, in the slight shift. I got to be fair to him. You know, right? we got to be fair to President Biden. Um, but there are some people uh, somewhat frustrated by the slight shift now that they're feeling from Washington uh, regarding the position that he's taking, um, how he's speaking about um, you know, casualties among the civilians in Gaza, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I only half-jokingly say to people, God can do anything 
except change the date of election day. <laughs> and as long as there's an election coming up and he has to, uh, you know, find favor with certain groups in the Democratic Party that, that he uh, imagines, or maybe it's a fact that are, you know, are powerful in his party, he's going to have to go in a certain direction. Um, do, do, I mean, look, you, you watch the political scene, you know, with, with great interest. Uh, do you think that if Election Day was not looming, it, we might have a different attitude coming out of Washington? I think the elections play a significant role because he doesn't want to lose his base. I can tell you, from my perspective, I can't see him being the Democratic nominee. Something will occur in the next uh, half year to change that. It doesn't really compute that he's going to run again for office. But let's be candid about Biden. He's been very good on the actions that he's done. I mean, as of yesterday, I heard over 400 planes have come from America with military supplies, needed equipment. All right. So that's important. That's vital to the war effort. And for that, we're most appreciative. But really, from the fourth or fifth day of the war, his statements have belied the support of his actions. And now you hear the mantra coming out of the White House from Joe Biden, from Kamala Harris, from uh, John Kirby, with their five no's. No occupation. Israel cannot remain in Gaza. No Gazan can be displaced, etc. And that is not only foolish and counterproductive, but it actually, from my perspective, makes the sacrifices of Jewish life in vain, God forbid. Mm-hmm. Because if Biden expects at the end of this war and we've conquered Hamas, that we're going to turn it over again to the Palestinian Authority. I mean, we've seen that horror movie once before. They had it in 2005, and they were not able to keep it. So who's to say it's not going to happen again? And Hamas could be defeated in Gaza, but bear in mind, they're not limited to Gaza. They are already in Yerushalayim. They commit terrorist acts in Yerushalayim. They've taken over the educational system in in East uh, Jerusalem. They run cultural clubs and sports clubs and economic assistance. They're very, very grounded in Yerushalayim. This week there was a report that they're reestablishing a presence in Lebanon with the tacit understanding of Hezbollah because they realize their days in Gaza are numbered. So yeah, we could defeat them in Gaza. We could easily lose the diplomacy afterwards if we're not stalwart and resolute. But Hamas defeated in Gaza does not mean the end of Hamas. Hamas is an idea will continue, and that will have to we will have to continue to confront it in every possible form. And finally, and I'm sure you uh, assume that I cannot end this conversation without bringing it up. Um, you have tremendous legal experience in addition to your rabbinic qualifications. Uh, it did look like the um, the um, University presidents uh, who were on display in Washington this week, it did look like they were sort of lawyered up, uh, or, or I put it differently, that they had spent some time, let's put it that way, with their legal teams before they answered questions um, from uh, uh, representatives of the United States government. In addition, by the way, if, if it, and if it wasn't that, if it, and if it wasn't only that, 
that they you know spent a lot of time with their legal teams being prepared. Um, one has to also keep in mind that that these people have been on these types of campuses for decades, surrounded by this type of rhetoric that, you know, anti-Israel rhetoric that we think, you know, just started a couple of months ago. It's rhetoric that began many decades ago on college campuses. I need your opinion, your point of view as you watch the congressional hearings this week. What is sobering is that uh, these presidents, it's not just that they, they lawyered up, they lie. The notion that they cannot prevent people from under the bullying and harassment statute or regulation of the university from calling for the genocide of a people unless it eventuates in conduct is absurd. I mean, that's stupid because then what you're saying is, well, if I actually kill murder people, that's not as bad because then I really I've violated the bullying clause. It makes no sense. But add to that, I remember, and I mentioned it to a few people this week, 30 years ago, there was a student at U of Penn, a Jewish student, who called a, a, a bunch of rowdy black girls water buffaloes because they were disturbing his studying. They were, you know, partying outside his dorm room, and he was brought up on charges by Penn. But what he did is protected speech according to the Constitution. So when they say they can, they could prosecute this kid thirty years ago. And now, if anything, the bullying and harassment statutes are, are more refined and the speech codes are even more exquisitely uh, sensitive and they cannot prosecute, suspend students who are calling for the extermination of Jewish people. It's not just preposterous. It's an open lie. And why is it? A, what's wrong with the lie? We have to acknowledge that these presidents and those who follow their mentality have raised a generation of moral monsters right. and that's what their student bodies are on the universities they're moral monsters who you know w w will freak out if you use the wrong pronoun but see nothing wrong with calling for the extermination of jewish people that's what's happened that's um, what's gone wrong so it's not just the presidents have to go the entire faculty should be changed and jews really have to think once twice ten times about putting their children in this uh, poison ivy league environment and and, and supporting that meaning financially supporting that poison ivy league environment <laughs> that, that's certainly correct amazing um yeah some of us looked at it as silliness but you're right it was it was blatant lying and and frankly um it, it was shameful the whole thing was shameful that someone with that level of academia so to speak you know the, the wisest among us can make statements like that publicly in front of congress is not just silly it's absolutely outrageous Right, but they were forced to lie because they 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 realistically fear that these moral monsters that they think they're educating will engage in violence. They'll take over the administration offices. Right. They'll burn things on campus because that is who they have raised now. That's the generation that they've raised that they think they are entitled to attack certain groups 
and certain individuals, because they deem themselves to be morally superior because of all the nonsense they have been taught for 20 years. They're, they're worried that they'll make the 1970s campuses look like a joke compared to the violence. That that they is, can- that's correct. Right. So the presidents are in a difficult situation if you have no moral compass. If you have a moral compass, then it's very easy. You need not go to Congress to say that people calling for genocide are wrong. All right. You don't you don't need lawyers. You don't need advisors. You don't need distinguished professors to tell you that's wrong. It's unequivocally wrong. And there's no two ways about it. You don't have to appeal to context unless you unless your mind has become so muddled that you're really incapable of teaching anybody anything to prepare them for life as an adult. Unbelievable. Rabbi Przanski, we've been begging everybody here to say Alanisim with greater intent to understand this is a holiday of miracles and we do need the intervention of the one above always, but especially for the open miracle, please God, of having our hostages released as soon as possible. And you know what it's like 6,000 miles away. We can only be effective in this area to a limit. You're surrounded by people because you're living in Israel. You're surrounded by people who are saying the bracha of Matira Surim with such intensity that are saying Alanisim, as I just described, with incredible, uh, incredible concentration starting last night. Um, what's it like? Is it a uh, is, is it difficult being in an environment where where there's so many mixed feelings as Hanukkah has begun in the Holy Land? It is the nature of the Jewish experience. I mean, what is Hanukkah? It's uh, a light in the midst of darkness. We light at night. Everything is dark until we light. So, yeah, there's a lot of darkness around, but then we light the lights. And each night, tonight's already the second night, but I'll be lighting in a few minutes. Each night you light and you add more light. And as the Ron wrote, the more light you have, the more darkness is dispelled. And especially this time, it's so appropriate because... There's so many miracles that are happening on the battlefield and on the home front that people, if they open their eyes, can see the Yad Hashem. And we see we're dealt a terrible blow, and the reasons for that we all have to contemplate. But now to see the Jewish people coming together and and feeling a closeness to Hashem and seeing His hand and seeing the the enthusiasm and, and might and and will of the of the young soldiers, something that's incredible and inspiring, and we have to build on that for the future as well. What a delight to speak with you! Chag Chanukah Sameach and Shabbat Shalom. Nachum, thank you very much. Uh, Malcolm Homeline's shoes are too big for me to fill, <laughs> but I thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, Yeah, we don't portray it that way. He's not available, and and we always want to find time to speak to someone like you. So coincidence only, and thank you so much. right, Stephen Brzezanski, of course, from Israel, wishing him and all of our brothers and sisters in Israel a Shabbat Shalom and a Chag Urim Sameach, a Freilich and Hanukkah, a happy Hanukkah from all of us here at JM in the AM. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Hey, everybody, it's Erev Shabbos Hanukkah. You know what that means. It means you'll be walking into your hosts tonight, and no doubt there'll be an A&H Hasselback salami prepared for a little pre-Shabbos snack. Hey, it's got to be that way because I've been recommending it all week. <laughs> and trust me, it's a great recommendation. Uh, our friends at A&H are the 
kings of delicious kosher meat items. And of course, in addition to that, they continue to use their social media and corporate presence to remember our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land. Go to kosherdogs.net, take a 10% discount with promo code radio. Try A&H today. As I always say, you'll be glad you did. This time each every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, spiritual leader emeritus, congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Uden. Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody, and a Hanukkah to all. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vayeshev. Parshas Vayeshev is a most exciting parsha, whereby we see the hand of God moving history. Hashem told Avraham in chapter 15 in the book of Bereshis at the Brisbane Absorim that his children would be descendants. They would be enslaved, strangers, enslaved, persecuted in a land which was not theirs for 400 years. Then they would leave with great wealth. How does it happen that we get into this land which is not theirs? Yaakov and his family are living in Israel. How do we get to Egypt, which is the land that the Torah is referring to, and the answer is, it could have been, as the Medjur says, that Yaakov would be brought down to Egypt in chains, because the word of God has to be fulfilled. Instead, he's going to go down to Egypt in two weeks to see his beloved son, Yosef. Hashem directs history. That's a very important point. And that's what we have to learn from this parasha. Hashem directed the history at the time of the Hashmonoyim, as we'll discuss in a few moments. And right now, we don't see what's going to be tomorrow. But there's no question that we ought to learn from the parasha that Hashem is doing just that directing history, number one. Number two, Yosef is the personification of Pursume Nisa. When we light the menorah and we put it in the window or we put it in a place where others are going to see it and be inspired, that's called Pursume Nisa, publicizing the miracle. That's what Yosef embodied. The Torah tells us in chapter 39 that when Yosef is brought to Egypt and he's sold to Potiphar as initially a slave, and Potiphar sees that he is a Ish Matzliach. He is a person who is most successful. And why is that? He sees Kashemito. He sees that God is with him. Wait a second. How did theology come into this relationship between the master and the slave? And the answer, says Rashi so beautifully, is Shem Shamayim Shogur Befiv. God's name was constantly 
in his mouth, on his tongue, meaning when Yosef was asked to do something, he would say, with God's help. He was complimented for what he did. He says, only with the help of God. So his master caught on very quickly that this man is a man who's connected to the Creator, who's connected to God. So that is the Hanukkah story that even though they tried, the Greeks, to, as we say in the Al-Hanisim, Lashkichom Torah to make us forget our Torah, Ulaviram, and to cause us to stray, Mechukei Ritzonecha, from your statutes, from your hukim, from the laws which the Greeks could not understand, still we held steadfast. And who is the paradigm of just such behavior? Yosef Hatzadik. Okay, I'd like to go now to Hanukkah and to explain, which is so important that everybody should understand not only what we are doing for this evening, but why we are doing it. We cannot use the small colored candles to satisfy our mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah this evening. Why? The first thing we need to know is that when is <clears throat> the ideal time to, write, to light Ner Hanukkah? And the answer is, in the New York area, approximately 5 o'clock, 10 after 5. Now, if my wife is not getting home until 6.30, I will wait for her. However, if I am in a situation where all who need to be present at the lighting are there, 5 o'clock, 5.10, I'm going to light at that time. Now... This evening, you can't light at 5 o'clock or 5.10. Cause candle lighting is 10 after 4. This is the shortest uh, day of the year. And interestingly, you light the Ne'er Hanukkah before the Ne'er Shabbos. Why is that? Because when we, when women light near Shabbos, they accept upon themselves Shabbos. Once they've accepted upon themselves Shabbos, they cannot light the near Hanukkah. So in order for them to light and be part of the mitzvah of near Hanukkah, we light the near Hanukkah first, and then we light Ner Shabbos. Now, every time you light the menorah, it has to burn for at least a half an hour. But that half an hour begins only at the time when you could have, should have lit the menorah. So this evening, we should be lighting the menorah at 5, 5, 10. We can't because it's Shabbos, so we're going to use oil, which at least burns at least an hour and a half, which is wonderful, or use a large Shabbos candle in your menorah, or use tea lights, which burn for at least an hour, two hours, 
because, let's do the math together, we need to go from 4.05, which is the proper time for lighting their Hanukkah tonight, to, first of all, 5.05.10, which is the ideal time. So I need approximately the lights to last an hour, and then I have to go from 5.10 for another half an hour, which is the amount of time that the lights are supposed to go once they are lit. So I need illumination light to go from 4.05 when I'm lighting the Hanukkah till at least 5.40. The small colored candles cannot do that. Your oil will do it. Your Shabbos candle will do it. Your tea lights will do it. Don't use the small colored candles. If you were to use them, it would be a bracha levatola. It would be a blessing for naught. It would be like lighting the Hanukkah candles 11 o'clock in the morning, which clearly is not the fulfillment of the mitzvah. So to use the right thing. If you can't use a menorah, you don't need a menorah. It's best to have a menorah. But two tea lights placed on your windowsill will fulfill the mitzvah of Ne'er Hanukkah. I want to share with you one interesting insight into our celebration of Hanukkah. The Rambam writes in chapter 4 of the laws of Hanukkah, in Halacha Yud Beis, the Rambam writes, Hanukkah, or mitzvah's Hanukkah, chaviva hi ad ma'od. It is especially precious. I wish I were a bucky, most authoritative in all the writings of the Rambam, but I'm led to believe that when the Rambam talks about Purim, another rabbinic mitzvah, Pesach, Shavuos, Sukkos, he does not say, oh, these holidays are chavivahi ad ma'od, are especially precious. He does by Hanukkah. What might be the reason that the Rambam uses such a special praise of the holiday of Hanukkah. I'd like to suggest the following. Take a step back. What are we celebrating? Number one, we're celebrating the military victory. As we say in the Al-Hanism, that we say in every Shemona Esrei, tonight, tomorrow for lunch, we must wash. You must have bread, challah. You must recite Birkat Mazon. And in the benching, we include Al Hanisim. And there we're told that Akkadish Baruch Hu delivered Rabim Biad Ma'atim, the many Greeks against literally the very few Jews. And we won. The second miracle is that of 
the Pach Hashemim. Now that we have removed the Greeks from our temple, we had a Hanukkah Habayas. We once again rededicated the Beis HaMikdash, and part of the service of having a Beis HaMikdash is every evening before sunset, even on Shabbat, they lit the menorah. And they lit the menorah with Shemen Zayas Zoch, pure olive oil. We had control of the Mikdash, and the Greeks had defiled all the oil. We looked and looked, could not find any pure oil. Stop. What is the halacha? If you can't find pure oil, and the majority of the Jewish people are impure, and the majority and all the oil you have is impure, so the halacha says three words, tuma, hutra, bitsibur, the disqualification of impurity is overridden when the community is in a state of impurity. In simple English, they could have used impure oil. So if they could have used impure oil, what's the whole big deal? Why even go further and look for the pure oil? But that is exactly the point. The nation of Israel at that time, when they got back the base of Migdash, they said, we don't want second best. We don't want to give Hashem the impure oil. They looked and looked and looked and looked. And since they showed their determination to light only the best, Hashem responded in kind and provided them with that one jar of pure oil. Whoa! So what we are celebrating tonight, when we light our menorah, when we light the Ne'er Hanukkah, we are saying that this is an expression of Ani Lidodi, I am for my beloved, Vidodi Li, and my beloved is with me. I have a special rapport with God. I only wanted to use the best for him, and he responded in kind by giving us the opportunity to find the pure oil so that we could serve him in the best possible way. It's a love affair, near Hanukkah. It's a much more profound way of looking at it, not just that, wow, a miracle happened, and it lasted for eight days. Of course, that is the bottom line. But look between the lines and see that there's much more at stake here than the fact that the oil did last for eight days. There's a very powerful lesson here. And the lesson is to learn from Hanukkah. Hanukkah was that how we serve God, we do it in the best way possible. And let's learn from our Chayolim.
Let's learn from our soldiers, the young men and women who are in the front line in Gaza, who are on the north protecting Eretz Yisrael. These men and women are giving their Shemen Zayas Zoch. They're giving their best. They're giving their all for us, for the protection of Klai Yisrael, for the perpetuation of the Jewish nation, for the land of Israel. We have to learn that when we do our mitzvot, we shouldn't do it in a manner that reflects, I can't wait till I'm out of here, and therefore, forgive me, if I don't have your sight today, when they are in the middle of Elenu, I am more than halfway out the door. My tefillin is already off. I can't, forgive me, wait to get out of here. No, that shouldn't be our mindset. Our mindset should be halavai, as the Talmud says, I wish I could stay in the synagogue and pray all day. Yes, I have to go earn a living. Yes, I need to earn a living so I can fulfill Torah and mitzvot. But Hanukkah teaches us just as from the letter of the law, each and every night, if all I have is one light, I can make the brachos over that one night, one light, but we don't. We do mahadrin, we do more, we do better. Learn from Hanukkah that that's the way we should approach, please God, all our mitzvot. And let's remember, we only want the best for him, we want to serve him in the best way possible. Hashem reciprocated in time. At the days of the Hashem Hashem will reciprocate in time for us as well. Shabbat Shalom and a frail Hanukkah Shayim in the AM. My thanks, Rabbi Yudin, and of course, a frail Hanukkah and a wonderful Shabbos, Rabbi Yudin, and everybody in our incredible audience. After all, it's Arab Shabbos Hanukkah, everybody. Candle lighting in New York, 408. Make sure to uh, light the Hanukkah candles before the Shabbos candles, of course. Wednesday's Rosh Chodesh. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Wednesday's Rosh Chodesh Teves. Keep that in mind. Wednesday's Rosh Chodesh Teves. Um, our friends at ArtScroll, as we said, have have deals of over 40% off on their daily Hanukkah specials. Their daily Hanukkah specials. The first deal for day one, that's today, the Kitzer Shulchan Aruch, which is normally $160, $95.99. The Laws of Shabbos, or Simcha Budim Cohen, normally the entire set for $200, $119.99. The second day deal is um, the Chumash teachings of the Talmud set 
usually $165, now on sale for $98.99. There's no limit to this amazing offer. Stock up on all the gifts you need for this year and everything that you've wanted to buy from ArtScroll. Go to ArtScroll.com, save, 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 and all their amazing deals. And, of course, always use promo code RADIO when you check out at ArtScroll.com. Always use promo code RADIO when you check out at ArtScroll.com. Well, we have... um, We have five Fridays in the month of December. The final Friday, I hope, will be the final Friday of our year-end fundraiser. We have a $400,000 year-end fundraiser in honor of our 40th anniversary here at JM and the AM. We are at 43,054. So you would think that we're just under 7,000 away from 50,000. No, no. Because of the generous matchers whose totals that they've pledged is not in this total, because of our generous matchers, anything that we get during Hanukkah will be matched up to $100,000. And the list of matchers is on the website. You can check it out at fjbunity.org. So that means in order to get 7000 all we need is $3,600 today. And automatically, we're at 50000 We get the 7000 and we're automatically at 50000 so, I'm asking everybody in the final 19 minutes of this show, give and give generously. Encourage everybody in your family to do the same. Anybody who gives 360, you get an autographed copy of my book in 2024. Uh, and honor us um, by, again, reminding us how important we are in this world, especially at this time, and how much we're appreciated. Give and give generously. If you give 180, it's really 360 right now. If you give 500, it's really 1,000 fjbunity.org click the donate button fjbunity.org click the donate button one of the important topics we've discussed for 40 years on this program is fire safety honestly i never <laughs> i never thought that i would become a uh, i would become the uh, the centerpiece of a of a significant fire story in the jewish community frankly Um, so if you want to keep your home and your studio and your place of work and the people around you as safe as possible on this Hanukkah and Erev Shabbos Hanukkah, make sure to implement some important safety measures. With that in mind, my friend Ding of Sukhi and Ding has been uh, really my partner in these on-air conversations about fire safety for many, many years. Ding, welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you. Good morning. And and what's the name of your book? The official name is, give me a second, uh, 1.8, I keep thinking 18 because of high, 1.8 million minutes and counting. My experience in my first 40 years in Jewish broadcasting. Very nice. Thank you. Um, First of all, I don't know if you heard any of our shows this week, but uh, I think I'm going to put you on my team of investigative journalists I, I maintain, based on the rumors I'm hearing, that there are some eight, nine, ten dollar donuts out there. Am I right or wrong, Ding? Have you come across? Oh, for sure, for sure, for ten sure. bucks, ten bucks. <laughs> Any more than that? Any of them more than that? I need to know. <laughs> is there a thirteen dollar donut for Hanukkah? Yes or no? But the, the real question is, what's the cheapest you can get it for? <laughs> <laughs> yes. How how inexpensive can that baker's dozen be? Is the big question. So what happens, Ding? Explain it to our to our audience. In major Jewish communities in the United States, tomorrow night, right after Havdalah, people start lining up for bagels and donuts, and then of course Sunday. 
play the same routine? Is that how it works? No, they're done it. They started already last week. <laughs> no, come on. No one, no one's serving donuts at their party. It's not a hundred percent fresh. Come, come on. on. Look, I all I can tell you that is I go to pomegranate and breadberry and sesame, and they've been selling these donuts from the from where Shkreitish kids were. Yeah, so. because they expect people to eat them all month long. And the and now give me a figure. Don't just say yes, Nachum. There's a ten dollar donut. What's the most you've seen a donut on sale for? One of these fancy, frosting filled and covered donuts out there. I got to be honest. I don't know the answer to that. You think it was over ten? Or you have no idea. Well, they have these that you know that that are custom made. They'll put whatever you want inside, right. and right. Uh, they'll put the Sookie and Ding logo on it, right? <laughs> What'll that cost? A hundred bucks. <laughs> Anyway, Ding is here, and uh, we have a much more serious topic than donuts to discuss, although some people do think that donuts is the most serious topic when it comes to Hanukkah. Uh, there'll be a lot of flames, Ding. There'll be a lot of ovens that are on. There'll be a lot of platas that are being utilized. There'll be a lot of handles of chicken soup pots that will be in precarious positions. You and I could go through an entire list of safeguards that people need to implement before Shabbos Hanukkah. That's true, but the the most important, I mean, that's a whole year long, right. but the most important is lighting the menorah, and that um, the menorah has to be, number one, on a place that's very sturdy, can't fall down, can't have the window open, and the, and the menorah can blow over, and, it, and the number one thing is too close to the curtain, and a kid could walk by and the curtains could hit the flame, and, and we know where it goes from there, and... Um, also, um, plastic tablecloths and stuff like that. Oh, I get... never even thought of that one. I never even thought of that one. It could right. be, it could literally be sitting on a table, which is plastic. And if that candle falls down, forget it. Wow. Right. Never so make sure that it's on a place that's sturdy and that's heat resistant and it has no way to catch to the, to the curtains, to the cabinets, to the plastic tablecloths. So Arif and... pay... Yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, no. And tonight, a lot of people go away. Right for for the for, for the meal for the meal, so you got to be super careful, especially if there, are, you know, if there's a kid, the children still in the house, you know, and that's yeah. the number one. Also, we got to be a place where where no children could get to and knock it over. If Erev Pesach we make jokes about how much aluminum foil we use tonight, the aluminum foil can be very helpful in fire safety. For sure, for sure. And ever since these campaigns, and we're obviously a very, very tiny part of it. I mean, you, you've utilized every possible uh, public forum over the last two decades to get these messages out there. You, Hatsala, and those who've been helping you. Uh, since we've started these campaigns, what do people in the burn units in the New York, New Jersey area tell you? You know, I forgot his name. The head of the burn unit, I forgot the doctor's name in, in Cornell. But he told me that the the results are, is amazing. How Baruch Hashem, how since we started publicizing this and 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 doing our thing, that Baruch Hashem the numbers are lower, lower, lower. And uh, and and for those who've never experienced any of this, Ding can tell you because he has seen it right in front of his face. He could tell you the horror of God forbid a family going through this, especially with children involved. Uh, all you'll say, Ding, is do everything in your power to avoid the situation. And a big, big Yeshikayach goes to Rabbi Hamburger. He should live to be well. He was the head of the Torah Safety Commission that was joined with Hatzala. Uh, I think that must have been maybe 25 years ago. I think yeah, I think we started this more like yeah. 30 years ago, right? Yeah, and 
Right. And so, like, he gets a big yeshikayach, and of course, Atzala, I know that Westside Atzala yesterday sent out an email to all all his uh, members, you know, repeating all these important facts. Yeah, and by the way, that's why reminders like this one are so important, because people know all this stuff. They just, you know, you set up your Hanukkah, you forget all about it. You, you, you forget about some of these safeguards that you need to implement, right? especially on a night like tonight. Shabbos candles, Hanukkah candles, in and out of the house, children around. I mean, we, we could paint a million scenarios where, God forbid, something can go wrong right. to make sure we keep everything safe and everything should go right. One more thing, which yeah. you, you kind of mentioned at the beginning about latkes, making latkes with the hot oil right. splashing all over the place. you got to be careful. you got to get the kids away. And you gotta, you know, how be long, extra careful. How long does yeah. it take you to fry up a good latke? <laughs> In case you haven't noticed, I, I'm not your kitchen. <laughs> Do you know where the kitchen is in your apartment, or you've never really come across it? It's, it's kind of like a parking space. <laughs> right. right. If you don't need it, you're not going near it. <laughs> Simple as that. Uh, well, Ding and I and everybody um, that uh, that cares about the safety of children and adults wants to remind everybody on this Erev Shabbos Hanukkah, be as safe as possible. If you're wondering if it's worthwhile to take a certain precaution, Ding, it's worthwhile to take that precaution. Simple as that. thousand percent. thousand percent. Uh, all right. You know what we're going to play now in your honor? You know what? You know what we're going to get on the air before we wrap things up? Hang on a second. Let me just. Did, uh, you, did, you, did you mention about the, uh, the Hanukkah circus? No. Sunday, Monday. Do I have it here? One second. Do I, did you send it to me? I think I sent it to you. You know, the, you, know, you know what the problem is? Everybody gets inundated with so much stuff. I don't always see everything. Oh, yeah, you did send it to me. Here it is, everybody. Listen to this. Chazak is presenting a Hanukkah celebration with Bello. This guy is unbelievable. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask you what his age is because he acts like he's 30. The guy's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Is he, really ding, is. ding, is he in better shape than you? I just ask you. Is he in better shape than you? Now? <laughs> we got better shape. He's in shape. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In addition to Bello, the amazing Bello, cousin Nahum, not me, but actually the the entertainer cousin Nahum, the twin from France, uh, all together in a Hanukkah celebration that's happening this coming Sunday, December the 10th, down in Lakewood, New Jersey. It starts at 1 p.m. at Cedar Palace. And then Monday, December 11th, which is a very, very big day off for a lot of schools, there'll be two shows in Brooklyn at the Mag and David Yeshiva on McDonald Avenue. The first one will begin at noon, the second one at 2 o'clock. Group rates, information, etc. You can email Ding at the following address, Ding at gmail.com, Suki ending at gmail.com. You can go to the website, sukiding.com. Again, sukiding.com. All of this being coordinated by our friends at Chazak. Again, Sunday, 1 o'clock in Lakewood, Brooklyn on Monday at noon and 2 o'clock. And a lot of great performers, but the 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 headliner is the amazing Bello. And if, you're, if your kids and your grandchildren have not seen him yet at least once, make sure to get on over there Sunday or Monday ding it would be it would be terrible to deprive a child or grandchild of not having seen Bello at least perform once live in uh, in performance and, right and 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 to purchase tickets hanukkahcircus.com c h a n u k a h c i r c u s .com, HanukkahCircus.com. Hanukkah with an H at the end. Some people have Correct. An, ha, some people have an H at the beginning, ding, not you. They have so many. Some people have two Ks. I've, I've seen Hanukkah with two Ks. <laughs> God, let's confuse everybody. It, it, it's, it's like, you know what it's like? It's like Atzala. There's like eight ways to start Atzala. That's right. HanukkahCircus.com. Hanukkah with an H at the end. Circus. 
Com. Uh, Ding, you know what we're going to play now? We're going to play the Professor Green and the Simcha oh, Machine. That's great. That's Hanukkah great. That's the best. Great. Now, Ding, Ding, this, yes. was, this was recorded how many years ago, in your opinion, in your estimation? It, it, I, I know exactly what it was recorded. It was recorded in 84, 1984. Wow. Unbelievable. And, and what's interesting, I mean, is that that Shir Hashem, Shir Menowitz Hashem, is on this recording. He, he did a couple of vocals. And uh, yeah, we're gonna play the actual song because some of his part is before the song. We're gonna play the actual song. He's in that as well. You'll hear it. Correct. Nachum, have a great Shabbos. Stay safe. Ding. Will there be soda at the table tonight? Yes or no? <laughs> There's always soda. There's always soda. <laughs> oh, don't we love those inside jokes? Ding. Chag urim sameach to you. More coming up. It is a Friday morning era of Shabbos at JM and the AM. Support all the amazing work of JM and the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network. It's very easy to do so. And everything you give is now doubled. FJBUnity.org. FJBUnity.org. sad and blue. I said, please, Sarah, tell me, is there something I can do? Hanukkah's passing by, she answered with a sigh. If only I knew what to do. And this was my reply. I said, one, two, one, two, three, four, menorahs. Said, just come with me. We'll play some dreidels, sing some songs. So join us and you'll see. One, two, one, two, three, four menorahs sparkle at the window, at the door. Five, six, five, six, seven, eight. Stack some latkes on your plate. One, two, one, two, three, four menorahs sparkle at the window, at the our guest. She was so proud she yelled out loud, Hanukkah the best! And that's why every year on Hanukkah you'll hear Sarah and her family singing loud and clear. One, two, one, two, three, four, menorah sparkle at the window at the door. Ah, Professor Green and his Simcha machine. How amazing. Time is taking Shabbos on this era of Shabbos Hanukkah. Candle lighting at 4.08. Candle lighting for Hanukkah before that. 4.08 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Wishing everybody a wonderful Shabbos Hanukkah. Continue to give and support us at fjbunity.org.
Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at JM&M. The sun is going down It's shining through the trees Another week's gone by Become a memory So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Say good job Cause all your work is done Gonna spend the day Together with The Holy One Say a special blessing On a cup That's filled with wine Man and his creator It's a very special sign your candles will be burning They'll fill your home with light Singing songs of Shabbos Well into the night So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Go on home and find a gift That's waiting there for you Oh Spend the day together with the Holy One Say a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine Man and his creator is a very special sign Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listen to sponsored digital radio around the world of web at AlchemSingle.com and the AlchemSingle Network. And of course, I think beloved NSN app. 
Well, it looks like we're going to end up today at just over 43,000. Not exactly where we want to be, but uh, we will take it and thank everybody for the amazing uh, generosity. Remember, everything you give over the weekend and through the entire holiday of Hanukkah to fjbunity.org is doubled. Everything is doubled. Not a dollar, except for one exception, which I explained earlier, not a dollar of any of our matcher's money is in the campaign. It will be added as you give. So if you give 360, it's really 720. And I thank you. Thank you to Bracha Susan Steinfeld. With the doubling, it's uh, all the way up to 144. Thank you very much. To the Kitchen Click, with the doubling, it's 20 times high. Thank you in honor and admiration of our good friend Stacey and Alcham for all you do. Best wishes for Chagurim Sameach, filled with miracles by Amimahem Bazman Hazel. What a way to wrap it up. Uh, Mark Zamek and the Arab Shabbos Hanukkah show brought to you by Kedem comes up at 10 o'clock. All of our amazing weekend programming all through Shabbos Hanukkah weekend. Monday morning, we're back starting at 6 a.m. Have a wonderful Shabbos Hanukkah, everybody. Continue to pray for our brothers and sisters. Till Monday, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.